Hey, it's Kiki, and I'm here to review the very boring episode of Season 5, Episode 6 of Owns Ready to Love, entitled Second Shot at Love. Yeah, y'all heard me. This episode was so boring, but y'all are lucky that I love y'all. So I'm going to review it. Um, I'm going to let y'all know off the bat, I didn't care for this episode. So if y'all noticed that I got a little attitude or that my tone has changed, that's why. But because I love y'all and I love my On The Rocks fam and even the new people, I'm going to still review it for y'all. Let's just jump into it. So the men gather in the tabernacle because it is the men's week. The guys have the power and Phil is really excited because he thinks that now the women will have to step up. Phil, when are you going home? Um, Tommy joins the men and he lets them know that they are halfway through the process. And I instantly rolled my eyes. How are y'all halfway through the process? And we have no defined couples. We have everybody going which away, that away, left away, right away. I'm just like halfway. Oh gosh. Let me calm down. Y'all, the Prosecco. I just had a tequila margarita and yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the men are halfway through the process. The mission for this week for the men is to not go out with their MVPs. Tommy wants them to take out the ladies who deserve a second shot date. All right, it's kind of like the get out of your comfort zone. Um, the mission they had like when it was the last time and I'm like, well, they kind of failed at that because Frank was just shimmying out his soul making a drink for Tasia, you know, doing bartending, which he already knows so we're doing the same thing again like did they just get a new production company this season who can't come up with original ideas because I'm not you know we get the routine of oh take out someone you don't like meet their family meet their friends but it's it's just not hitting the same this season but that is their mission you know the men really don't have to do much so Tommy tells them what to do and they go on their way so let's just get into these dates child because this episode I already told y'all boring uninterested let's get through it very quickly so the first date is Zadia and Walter Zadia says that she's surprised that Walter called her for a date because he is a smooth talker and he's handsome so she's a little bit interested he gets there they are having a Manny Petty date which I definitely would enjoy if you can't get Manny Petties with your man why is you even here um they start joking about each other having long toes Walter says that Zadia can pick up toes she could pick up quarters with her long toenails. <laughs> I got long feet. I have long feet and long toes. So I was like, all right, chill with them jokes. Zadia asked Walter, you know, what do you get excited about? He says that he gets excited about starting a family and starting traditions. Zadia can definitely um, appeal and accept that because our family has a yearly, I think they camp out every year. Very similar to my family. Every Thanksgiving, we have a camp out. We have Thanksgiving dinner, and then it's my grandma's birthday, so we celebrate and honor her every year. It's a lot. Um, he says that he's been raised by women. He was raised in a household with his mom, I think his grandma, his aunt, and a female cousin. Zadia asks how that's affected him, and he says it's taught him to appreciate and respect women. He says that when he was dating his, uh, I don't want to say ex because she passed away, when he was dating his late wife, you know, he was 19 running the streets. Y'all know Walter said, you know, he used to be in them streets. He used to be a thug and he wasn't in the right right mindset and that his friend would always tell him, you know, you got a good one. You'd be an idiot to lose, 
you know, this woman. So tighten up, nigga. And that's what he did. Um, so they, you know, kind of appeal to each other. Zadi is very impressed by him. Walter's just too laid back for me. He's a little too passive, but he is a smooth talker. So um, she asked him what color should she get on her toes? Walter going to say magenta. If that's not an old man answer, magenta. <laughs> Zadi is like, no. And the white tech is like, no, sir. You know, white toes get you chose. And he's like, oh, okay. But he was like, just to let y'all know, really, in reality, women choose men. Men don't choose women. And that's on period, Walter. All right. Don't let these niggas think that they don't want playing games and they don't want choose. No, 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 no. Ladies, women choose men. Moving on. The next date we have is Sabrina and Sean. Sean seems like, I'm sorry, Sean feels like he needs to get in the game since he came in a little late. He and Sabrina end up meeting for sushi. Sabrina looks stunning, beautiful as usual. Sabrina comes up and she's trying to teach him some Korean words. And I'm just like, Sabrina says, now when Tyrone was trying to sing to you in Korean, (laughs) you were acting like you didn't know what he was saying. But now you know Korean. Sabrina, I got my good eye on you, okay? (laughs) She's teaching him how to use chopsticks. Um, She's asking him if he's made any connections while he's been here so far. And he's like, yeah, I've made connections. Not necessarily love connections, but definitely some friendship connections. Sabrina says she understands and that the last thing she ever wants to do is present her representative on a date and not really present the real her. She also has some concerns about being here in this process because she does not want her daughter to you know, have a parade or see her with a parade of men coming in and out of her life. Her daughter's going to be nine very soon. And she thinks that's very important that if she does choose a partner, it's someone stable, not just another person who's going to be in and out of her daughter's life. That's valid. Um, Now, this is where the date takes a turn for me. And it's going to be a theme of people not listening to each other for the rest of this episode. And it, it got on my nerves. We all know that Sean wants to have kids. Sabrina does not. She has her one daughter. She does not want to have kids. All right. So after they present that to one another and Sabrina's like, yeah, it's a red flag. You know, anything that looks even pink flag, I'm going to call it a red flag. But Sean then says that, you know, maybe the right woman could change his viewpoint. And he asked Sabrina for another date. Now, Sabrina says that even though the date went very well and they have different viewpoints, she would like to continue seeing Sean. I don't understand. Y'all literally just said that you... You said that you want more kids, Sean. Sabrina says she doesn't want more kids. Okay, let's move on maturely, just like you did with Aisha last week. Why are we trying to date people with different idealisms and different factors of a relationship that we know we want? Why are we settling so quick just to go on a date? It's not going to work. You want kids, she doesn't want kids. We no longer have much in common. And this idea that, well, let me just stick beside her and maybe my viewpoint will change no sir your viewpoint is not going to change I think something as serious as wanting to have children I don't think you're going to meet somebody and be like oh well they don't want to have kids so I don't want that it's not realistic and it's so annoying to me because y'all are more older y'all are more mature but y'all still want to pursue something knowing that you have this one glaring issue that you both don't agree on I'll understand it, so let's move on. Next, we have Aisha and Phil going out to a dinner date. Phil says that although at first he was feeling Shiloh, he wants to see where things stand with Aisha. Side note, we do not see Shiloh or Sydney in this episode at all. 
Like, it's like they don't even exist. Uh, Aisha says that she's open to meeting Phil because he helped her out when she had car trouble a couple weeks ago. What's up with the ladies on this cast having car trouble? Alicia had car trouble, had a car accident, and then Mumin had a flat tire, and that's how she got into Corey and wasted her time with Corey. Ladies, I'm gonna need y'all to get AAA immediately. Get AAA ASAP. Immediately, they start talking about what she likes to cook. She likes lobster. Phil is like, oh, that's why I, I chose the lobster. Phil just seems like he always knows conveniently what to say. I don't have a good read on Phil, but uh, he does want to find, I feel like he does want to find a girlfriend or something. I don't know how serious he is, but I do get that vibe from him. He asks her, you know, what is your clearance on wanting to have kids? I don't really know. Um, I've never asked you about it before. And Aisha starts to get emotional and she reveals that although she has two children, she had a tough pregnancy with the both of them. She almost lost them both twice and that she did experience a miscarriage with a third child that she did, was not able to give birth to. So she gets very emotional and she starts crying. So Phil gets up and comforts her and she says that she... Um, she says that she doesn't want any more kids to mask the fear of not being able to give a man a child. She says that she has a fear of, you know, losing another baby if that man does want to move forward with her and have more children. Phil responds to this very well. He says that he likes her vulnerability. I think that's why he said he likes Shiloh as well. He likes her vulnerability and her honesty and that she was able to open up to him. Uh, I think Aisha is a very emotional person who has gone through a lot of pain, who has gone through a lot of trauma and has healed mentally, physically, emotionally. She's still one of my top ladies on this cast. It's her and Zadia for me. The rest of y'all can go. But um, I did like this moment between the two of them. She says that now that she was able to break down in front of Phil, she would like to see where things go with them because they talk on the phone a lot. So again, a lot of undercover, you know, off-camera stuff that makes a... Uh, confusing effect on what we see on the television screen but you know they both like it I guess we're gonna have to love it next we have a date with Camille and Naeem first off the bat I'm just glad to see Camille on a date with someone other than Cornelius I'm just I'm tired of seeing them together so they meet for a dinner date Naeem says he wants to get to know Camille because in the beginning she is very unappro unapproachable and he wants to see if he could you know give her a shot because all she's been interested in is Cornelius. As soon as she gets there, she talks about she hungry and she ready to eat. <laughs> she is such a goddamn villain. He's like, well, I ordered the food. It's on the way. She wants him to feed her um, some oysters. So he takes the oyster out of the shell and feeds her and she's bragging about it in the confessional and production is like, you know, that's an aphrodisiac, right? And she's like, so I hope he wasn't thinking he was getting some coochie because he's not. Camille, calm down. Immediately she dives in, y'all. She's asking him, you know, do you want to have kids? And he's like, you know, with the right woman, one or two. Camille does have a son and she's asking him if they were to date, what would be his role? Naeem is like, immediately, you know, I wouldn't try to be his father. I, I would want him to, you know, have a respectful relationship with me and we would just keep it at that. Then Camille asks him about his finances and I'm like, sis, could you just pull back on being a gold digger? Like, that is a question for someone you are already dating, not someone you would ask on the first date. Naeem shares my sentiments and he's like, that's a major red flag when someone at, when a woman asks about finances on a date so abruptly. Camille, fall the fuck back. Like, 
you know what? Jesus paid the way for that, that student debt bill you got piled to the top of your hairline. Just fall back. Um, he asked Camille, you know, how does she stay interested while dating someone? And she's like, well, you would know because I'd be hitting you up all the time. If I let that text message stay on red, you know, I'm definitely not interested. You know, I definitely ghost somebody. Now, allegedly what the streets be saying, because I was debating on whether I would put Camille's tea out there based on what someone on Twitter said about her past relationships, but I'm not going to, I'm going to just let that sit because I don't know if it's true or not, but Camille, that sounds kind of on brand. Uh, Naeem says that after the date, he has just come to the conclusion that Camille is crazy and that she's all over the place. Naeem, you're not right about a lot of things, but you are definitely right about that. They wrap up the date. You know, she's telling him, yeah, we're going to need to get some boxes. Sis, do you not... (sighs) Yeah, that's all I got for Camille, y'all. That's all I've got for this date. Naeem, stick to Zadia. Thanks for coming out of your comfort zone, but let's keep it pushing with anyone other than Camille. Next up, we have a double date with Dante, Frank, Sabrina, and Mumin. They're all going to play putt-putt. Sabrina pulls up in her glasses, blazers, and capris. I was like, capris? Not the pedal pushers. Okay, Sabrina. (laughs) They're playing putt-putt, Sabrina. um, She's getting her hole-in-one, honey. But then eventually, they decide to pair off kind of abruptly. Sabrina pairs off with Dante, and Mumin and Frank go off and have a conversation and eat. Uh, With Dante and Sabrina... Uh, they're talking about, you know, both having children. He has the three kids with three different women. And finally, we hear him address that with other people. He says that to him, there's no drama, you know, with the two daughters and one son he has and with their baby moms. Now, Sabrina, when she hears that he has three children with three different women, she knew about the kids. She didn't know about the different mothers. She handles it well she's like oh okay and I'm just like Sabrina I would love to know what your internal dialogue is but she was very thoughtful and understanding as far as Dante when he's like oh I don't do drama so you know there's no drama with them ladies we know how men are we know how aloof they can be how out of the loop (laughs) how um what's the word I'm looking for just just not unaware of things so I'm just like Dante I don't believe you not saying that there's something negative with having the three kids with three different women but why didn't you have three kids with one woman or two women why are there three different people do you hop and hop and hop from relationship um he seems to be very involved with his children's life I'm not disputing that but when you say there's no drama is it no drama for you because you're very more laid back or you know are you helping them in each three of those households. Dante, you need more people. I need a baby mama to speak out and verify. Okay. I need your references, my nigga. Um, Sabrina says she's related to him and that, um, he is very compassionate because when he tells women about the three kids with the three different women, other women that he's dating instantly strike him out. And I'm one of those women. Sorry, Dante. That is actually going to be the question for this week for my Spotify listeners because I already asked the question on Twitter and I got like a couple answers. So I'll read that at the end of the episode. But he says that Sabrina's trouble and she's like, I'm good, Shabble though. And I'm just like, Sabrina, Sabrina has great sexual energy in chemistry with the men on this season and that's just what it is I just wish she would dig a little deeper and get to the nitty-gritty as far as Frank and Mumin you know Mumin says that she likes Frank because he believes that the women should follow the man okay 
Frank says that he has good vibes with Moomin because they talk damn near daily. So y'all be talking on the phone every damn day? All right, Frank. She asked him what his values are. He says his values are family. That's really important to him because his family helped motivate him and get him where he is to today. He says he has a couple questions about her because he is aware that she is abstaining from sex. He wants to know if she's ever had sex. You know, have you ever been there before? And she's like, yeah, I've had it before. And the reason that she is abstaining is because she feels like it's too easy. It clouds judgment and that, you know, she really wants a man to work you know, towards that goal of being intimate with her. I agree, Mumin. Having sex with someone, it's the easiest thing on the planet and it can mean nothing at the same time. Frank then says that, you know, it's a little concerning for him because he is very hypersexual. Again, are we listening to one another on these dates? Mumin says she's abstaining from sex, probably until marriage. Frank is saying he's hypersexual. What do they both say after this date? Oh, it's good vibes. It's refreshing to hear him say that. Oh, I got a good feeling about her. I definitely want to get to know her more. No, are you listen to one another? You both have very different ideals. And I understand that your mind could probably change. Kiki understands that. But up front, you're saying you're abstaining from sex. He's saying he's hypersexual and he probably wouldn't be able to do that. Why are we moving forward with one another? Why? Why, Ebony? Why? Um, Frank ends the date saying that he has a strong connection and that her ideals and her vibe may trump how he feels about the sexual thing. It won't trump it, Frank. You look like you're a freak. You got that beer for a reason. Seven days a week, okay? (laughs) Whatever Cardi B be saying in that song. Why, Why are we doing this? Why are we wasting one another's time? I will be remiss if I'm not surprised that Mumin and Frank will not get together. They will not be a couple. I'm gonna need y'all to start listening to one another and being okay with the fact that that person may not be for you. Next, we see a date with Tasia and Sean, and it was refreshing to see Tasia actually alive on this date, all right? Not a goddamn zombie like she has been since episode one, all right? Um, what do I have from their date? Uh, she says that she wants to get to know Sean because she's all about checking good energy and good conversation. They start discussing religion and how she's very into people who are both religious and spiritual. Sean says that he agrees because he is a black Baptist. He was born into a Baptist church, um, right near Macon, Georgia. Baby, don't black Baptists. Y'all be in church. I'm Methodist, all right? And we just now, within the past 10 years, we've gotten out of church, you know, maybe an hour and a half. Black Baptist? We not going to talk to it. (laughs) You go to a Baptist church, black and white, you go to a Baptist church, you looking at a five-hour shift, all right? I'm going to need my fucking 1040, all right, when I come out. I'm going to need a damn I-9 to file for taxes when I come out of there. The goddamn... 1099 okay um she asked sean if he's open to children and his ears just perk up he's like yeah very open to having children to see reveals that you know her clock is ticking child she's ready her mama's been ready and then one of her goals in life is to be a mom and i'm like all right to see you see you're kind of likable right now even though I think you're messy and a little boring, you give me a little bit personality. She asked him how he feels about dating, you know, a younger woman because technically they're in different generations. You know, how do you feel about thinking, you know, having a PYT, a pretty young thing swinging your way? And Sean's like, as long as the PYT is ready for some other things swinging her way. And I'm just like, 
we're back to the dick jokes. They seem to enjoy each other's company. I'm not that convinced, but Tasia says that Sean is fresh meat and she's open to, you know, learning a little bit more about him. So as long as you're doing something to see it, because you're just here for me. The final date of the episode, we have Courtney and Cornelius still with the k- 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 but I'm just glad that Camille is here. Uh, Courtney has set up a date for rum tasting. Let me tell y'all something. Do not take me on a first date to any wine, tequila, rum tasting because things are going to happen after the fact, okay? Period. If you're grown, you're grown. You know what I mean. As soon as they get there and sit down on this tiny-ass bite-sized couch, Courtney immediately has her hand on Cornelius's thigh. I'm just like, girl, just, just pull his dick out and grab it at this point. Like, calm down Courtney (laughs) Courtney the Leo I know you're a heat sis I know but just I'm gonna need you to relax honey I'm gonna need you to just fall back a little bit okay Ooh, Jesus relax Courtney relax she's telling him that she does typically date old men so he's asking her if she's gotten all of the dating and you know being for the streets out of her system and she's just like I mean yeah when I'm ready to settle down I will the answer is no for me. <laughs> she asked him outright, how does he feel? He says that, he, you know, faith is his conviction. I'm sorry. Faith is his foundation. Ooh, what a slip of the tongue, honey. Faith is Corey's. This is a Corey. <sighs> that tequila's hitting me right now. Faith is Cornelius's foundation. And he is set on no sex before marriage, you know, because he's a Christian through and through. Now... In the casting special, he said he recently came to this decision. Okay, Cornelius, I'll give you that. Courtney's saying straight up, you know, sex is the foundation of a relationship. She ain't waiting. She gonna want to bounce and hop on it and do all, you know, seven days a week. Wow. She wants to do all of that. And that is definitely a red flag to Cornelius because he feels like they're not on the same page. Um, Courtney is telling him that, listen, she's a sexual person. She's a boss. You know, he has to make that decision if he wants to get a championship or stay on the bench, period. And Cornelius is definitely uh, hesitating. He has a problem with speaking up for himself. He definitely can't speak up for for himself when it comes to Camille. He's definitely not telling Courtney outright. Again, are y'all listening to each other? He's not telling her outright, like, I'm not down with that. He's saying that in the confessional, but he's just like, oh, you know, we'll have to see. Cornelius, bruh, if you're saying that faith is your foundation, and I'm not judging you as a Christian, I'm not, I'm just saying, if you're saying, hey, I'm not going to have sex before marriage, say that. What Cornelius is saying is, oh, I'm, I'm trying not to have sex before marriage, but you never know, it can happen. No, then you're not standing in your conviction, my nigga. You are just leaving the door wide open for anything to happen. So I, w- I would have liked if Cornelius was a little bit more stronger on his stance kind of like Mumin is but she's kind of backsliding and flip-flopping because she still wants to get to know Frank but for once just like Liz did last season I want someone to come on here and 100% be like hey I don't want to have sex until a certain point it doesn't even have to be until marriage or until the formation of a real relationship just say I'm not having sex period stop saying oh I'm not having sex but you never know stop it um yeah, that's Cornelius and Courtney. She's on one page. He's on page 78. And he's just going to smile and laugh his way through this process, just like he does with Camille's crazy ass. 
All right, the dates are over. It's time for the men to get back to the tabernacle. They all gathered. Tommy wants to know, who did you guys connect with this week? Walter says that he sees why people like Zadia. He still likes Sabrina, but he had a deep, deep, deep connection with Zadia. Naeem says that there's a reason why they call her Zadia the body. You know, everybody likes her. She has a nice smile. She had a nice body. Zadia is the real hot girl of the season. We just haven't fully, fully seen it yet. Phil says that he really liked his date with Aisha. She's funny, real, and emotional, but that he still likes Shiloh. Sean says that he went on a date with Tasia um, and that she gives him a Jill Scott vibe and all the men agree. What exactly is the Jill Scott vibe? Is it because she's a, a bigger, a full-figured woman, kind of? Okay, didn't really understand that, but that she was, uh, she's ride or die. He did enjoy his date with Sabrina because she is giving off an air of royal and regal and she's beautiful he does say that the issue of him wanting kids keeps coming up but it's like peanut butter and jelly and he's gonna find his way through okay Candyman. dante says that sabrina very much surprised him he really liked her that she was patient and understanding walter says that he's a little uncomfortable but that he can't hate that other men are having a connection with sabrina walter you just gonna have to step up to the plate my dude because sabrina's vibrant beautiful stunning carries a great conversation is very upfront of course the other men are going to feel her so if you feel a little uncomfortable that's not sabrina's problem that's not dante's problem you gonna have to step up to the plate a little bit more tommy asked the men who have they connected with the most dante says shiloh who we still haven't seen this entire episode and zadia very interesting that dante didn't see say sabrina since he felt a good connection with her but these niggas frank says that he feels connected with mumin the most because she has a joy for life and he would like to be a part of that who are the men not feeling all right cornelia says that he cannot get with courtney he was surprised that she came on to him i'm like how are you surprised she's all been throwing her puss at you whatever cornelius you're weird to me (laughs) he says that his connection is the strongest with camille Frank says that he's not feeling Courtney, you know, as soon as he met her the first day at the mixer, she had eyes for other people. See, Courtney, you attaching yourself to Corey, that's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Corny Corey is the nail in the coffin for you, girl. Walter says that Courtney is the homie and that he hasn't even gotten the time to speak to Aisha. I mean, again, Walter, you keep expecting people to come up to you. Walter, I'm going to need you to step up to the plate, please. Thank you. Dante says, Tasia. Um, he just gets friend vibes from her. Phil says that Sabrina, because there's no connection. I remember like what, last week or the week before Sabrina and Phil having a discussion and it was something, I think it was the kids thing for him. I think I could be incorrect. Naeem says that Camille is intense. (laughs) Accurate. Sean says, Camille, you know, the first time he met her when they came to the pool party, she instantly gave him the screw face and wasn't interested in getting to know him. Cornelia says that it hurts to hear the men say that they're not really here for Camille because it means that she has been focusing all her time on him and not opening up to get to know other people. No shit, Cornelius. No shit. Did I say that Dante said that too? Well, Dante said that he don't feel Camille either, so... Guess what, Cornelius? (laughs) Go home, delicious. You look like a man. Let's get to the eliminations. First, we have Walter meeting up with Courtney. She says she's excited for this date because she likes his vibe and she thinks that he is dope. 
All right, so Walter gets there. He's asking Courtney, you know, tell me more about yourself. And she's like, ooh, that's a generic question. I'm like, rude. I mean, he's like, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> she says that, um, you know, she has a hard exterior, but she's very direct and she's very assertive. So men be men will probably be taken aback by that, but that's who she is. Um... I wrote down in my notes, why are you so defensive? Like the more questions he started asking her, I think it started to dawn on her that she could be getting eliminated or that this was one of those dates. So she just, that armor, that Leo defensiveness, honey, it went all the way up. Uh, He's like, you know, I just feel like we haven't really gotten to know each other. And she's like, we went on a double date. And he was like, yeah. And the both of y'all were all on, were all on (laughs) Corny Corey. And she's like, okay, so what? You want a participation trophy now? And I'm like, Courtney says, calm down, relax, relax. Uh, Walter says that, you know, pretty much the guy have decided that she is not ready for love. And she is very hurt. She's even getting emotional in her confessional. And I'm like, see, if we had seen this different side of you, other than just being rare and always leading with your sexuality, I would have loved to seen that, but she says that her mom told her that the end of the show is not the end of her journey and that she still is going to, you know, find her way in being a mom and a potential partner to someone else. My problem with Courtney, okay, it wasn't that she was too sexual or oversexual. It's that, and this is what Shiloh was doing when Shiloh first got here. You are leading with your sexuality and that's fine to lead with it, but what else are you going to show us about yourself? What else about family? You know, what else about your principles? What else about your morals? What else about your favorite flavor ice cream, sis? Like, it was just all sexual and you had no death. And Corny Corey was doing the exact same thing and it didn't work for him, sis. And you wasted your time with Corny as Corey and you got to go. Corny, I was sad to see you go, but yeah, nothing much else. I have no doubt she called up Corny Corey the moment she left. Next, we see Dante and Camille going out on a date. Camille already got an attitude, sis. Like, she's like, she doesn't know why Dante asked her out on a date because straight up, point blank period, she's not interested in him. She's saying that she's feeling awkward. She's very short with him. She's telling him she got somewhere to be at seven o'clock so that they need to wrap this up and that this could have been a Zoom call. Rude. (laughs) Dante's just like, yeah, she's acting weird today. Like, I'm not really feeling it. Um, he asked her, you know, how has this process been since you've been dating 10 different guys? And she's like, no, 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 no. I haven't been dating 10 different guys. I've only been, you know, talking to one. And if I, I know what I want and I'm not going to waste my time. And if I'm not feeling you, you're going to be friend zone. And that is what it is. Okay, Camille. Dante words it in a way. And he says, you know, the guys and I have deliberated and we have decided that you are not ready to go home. Now, Camille rolls her eyes. I rolled my eyes to Dante. Why all the theatrics? Why the corniness? Was it necessary? Camille says that when she actually tells him at the table, like when I thought you were going to say I wasn't ready to love, I was about to say, fuck you. <sighs> Camille, go home. Um, Camille says that she feels like the men are hating on her and that it's not her fault that, you know, they're just not sparking anything for her. She also cusses. 
<laughs> like I said, she cusses him out for that dramatic pause. She's like, and the way you delivered that, that was horrible. That was fucked up. Like, that was very annoying. He was like, oh, you didn't like that? You didn't like the way I did that? Dante, I'm going to need you to go home next because I don't really see you long term with anyone, especially with the 75 baby mamas. There, I fucking said it. That was the end of the episode, you guys. I did not enjoy it. This was my least favorite episode. And of course, I was watching it live. Like, I was so pissed off by this episode. I went out, came back home and thought about watching it again. And I was like, no, I'm just going to go to bed and enjoy my sleep. Let me get to the question for our Spotify listeners. I asked this on Twitter when I was live tweeting and I said, could y'all date a man with three kids with three different women? Let me read some of the responses I got from Josie. I got a all caps. Hell no. From Churchy Jayanla Badu, she said, if it was Nick Cannon, maybe. Agreed, agreed. He takes care of all his baby mamas, allegedly. And from Dree, she said, yeah, Diddy. (laughs) Uh, Y'all are all naming men who are very wealthy and who are very well off. I, I mean, a regular nigga with a nine to five, okay? So that is my question this week. Let me repeat it for the Spotify listeners. Could y'all date a man with three kids with three different women? All right, that's all I've got for y'all tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm about to go back out and get my life. I will see y'all next week. I hope the episode is more entertaining. It looks like Zadi and Tessie are going to get into it at the tabernacle, honey. So fingers up that it's going to be entertaining. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys can catch me at K-D-A-S-H-D-I-O-R on Instagram and the Twitter. Ash and I have a new episode that premiered this past Wednesday or Tuesday, I believe. Make sure you guys go and listen to it. It's entitled Buenas Noches. Shout out to City Girl, Carisha. Thanks, you guys. See you next time. Bye.